How can daily rituals in a personalized manifesto enhance your focus and clarity in pursuing your goals? Join Noreen Howard in this enriching episode as we explore transformative insights unveiling the power of intentional living. Discover practical steps for financial wealth, courage, and the fusion of logic and imagination. This episode is a journey towards lasting legacy and personal growth. Would you like to think and grow rich? If so, keep on listening. This podcast is dedicated to those who have found their way from fear to freedom and for those who are considering undertaking this amazing journey. This is the Courage to Be podcast, and I am your host, Tanya Vasayo. Before we get into this episode, I'm thrilled to share that I'm hosting a series on how people's lives have been influenced by the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. If you'd like to learn and apply how to think and grow rich, go to the show notes to get some wonderful free resources and join the Courage to Be community. I look forward to being your guide and mentor so you can transform your life. Welcome back to the Courage to Be, where we have powerful conversations to transform your life and your business. And we are continuing with the series of the book, Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill. And today we have Noreen Howard with us. Welcome, Noreen. Thank you, Tanya. It's so good to be with you. I know. We go back. Noreen and I go back a good chunk of time. And when I was doing this series, I completely, I was like, oh my God, I have to connect with Noreen because I want to ask her because we were in a community and in a mastermind together. Funny enough, you know, it was titled a mastermind over six, seven years ago. And the term mastermind, I know it gets thrown around a lot nowadays And I do believe that Napoleon Hill was the father that coined that term. And it's just, we don't really understand what a mastermind is. So it's funny how our past, you just never know. You meet someone, you connect with someone, you've worked with, collaborated together, and suddenly we're brought together. And what made me think of you, because that was one of the first, it wasn't the first time, but it was reminded to me where I took the book more seriously of Think and Grow Rich, because that book was thrown around a lot on them in the mastermind. So I'm curious, how did you encounter Think and Grow Rich? How long ago? How old were you? Can you recall it or not? Yeah. So I would say, I don't recall exactly, Tanya, but when I left the corporate world as an executive in the corporate world for Fortune 500 companies for for decades, really, I was running their sales machines and marketing. And um, I chose to leave several years ago and I went off, lived in Paris for a few months and then, you know, had dropped my only child at college, went to Paris, came back and attended a Tony Robbins event. And I believe that was the first place that I heard about the book because he talked about that along with an arsenal of other books that he really loves. So I believe that was my first exposure. Your first encounter. He said maybe like within 10 years. So That's amazing because yes, Tony Robbins, there's videos of him when he was really young, you know, and he was just starting out talking about the power of the mind and the book Think and Grow Rich and how much it influenced his life. So it's interesting that you're mentioning that because there's so many famous people that we kind of put on pedestals, not knowing 
what kind of education they've acquired or specialized knowledge, like they, like Napoleon Hill mentions in the book, but what kind of specialized knowledge they've acquired and that we get to pass on. So, you know, here's Napoleon Hill writing this book over a hundred years ago. And which I believe to me, he's like the father of self-development. And then anyone else that does coaching, that's a guru in the self-development world has at some point either studied Think and Grow Rich or can attribute a lot of the principles from what Napoleon Hill put together, you know, of after interviewing over 500 of the most successful men in that time period. So that's fascinating. Thank you for sharing about Tony Robbins. And that was the first place when you heard about the book that you go out and read this book, like how do you operate Noreen? Yeah. So I'm a hard copy reader. I am surrounded by books. Like I travel, even with all the technology today, I travel with a briefcase, like a suitcase of books. (laughs) So my husband's like, really? Like, can't you put this in like a form that's, you know, I'm audibly directed with music, but I don't really like to listen to books by listening to them on tape. Now, sometimes I do read and listen at the same time where I'm actually listening to the book. If it's something I really want to embrace and embody, I will have the physical book and I'll be reading it as I'm listening to the audio. So they go together because I find that I retain the information more of the information when I do it that way. But of course I do that with very selective books. That is awesome though. Thanks for pointing that out because I think many of us will read a book or zoom through a book and I'm guilty of it too, you know, and then I pride myself. I'm like, yeah, I read 50 books this year, you know, like I one per week. And there's like this badge of honor that I went through all these books. I read all these books, but how much are you really retaining? Because I think there's a big difference between reading and studying or like the word that you used, embracing it, embodying it. I love that. So did that happen? I love that you travel with your little briefcase instead of putting it on. uh, I'm a big, I prefer physical and the touch of the book, even though I have my Kindle, but yes, it's funny that you're traveling with a briefcase of books. That is hilarious, (laughs) Noreen. But so you heard about this book that you go out and read it. Have you revisited every so often? Like what's been your experience with Think and Grow Rich? Yeah. So, you know, I read it completely. I have a lot of books that I haven't read. I'm not perfect, but I have probably my second greatest expense in my life other than my mortgage and travel is books. <laughs> so, and I've raised a child who loves it just as much, if not more. So I did, you know, I read through it once. I do have a collection of books that are like my favorite books. It's on that shelf. And so I go back, I remember Bob Proctor, you know, I remember him talking about how he keeps it on his desk and every day he studies it. You know, I'm not that person who does that with it every single day, but I do have this collection of books that I will go back to and reread or reread favorite segments of it. And now what I really try, so I have gone back to that book several times I also have enjoyed listening. There's actually an audible that Earl Nightingale did on Think and Grow Rich. And so when I go out exercising or running, that's actually something that I revisit on my phone as I'm 
you know, doing my wonder walk or exercise running outside. So I, you know, go through, get to Napoleon Hill's principles through a different avenue. But what I really try to do now with anything that I read is not just read because you know, I have so we have so much learn, you know, information. We're not in the information age anymore because we're surrounded by information. Like you, you have Google University, you can Google anything. We're in a, I believe, a connection age. You know, we're craving connection and hum, you know, a connection with humanity and other people. So what I really try to do with books now is if I read something, not just learn and take it in for the information or knowledge of it. But knowledge applied is what's powerful. Knowledge alone to me is not powerful. You might think you're smart and it intellectualizes or you look at life in certain ways through it. But I really like to look at a book and say, okay, what is one concept or principle I can take out of here that I can actually start practicing or doing something with right now so that I'm applying it or teaching it to somebody else? Right. Because that we learn greatly when we're sharing it with other people. Wow. You have so many golden nuggets in there, Noreen, that I just want to peel away. First off, Bob Proctor did study this book for 60 years. Every single morning he'd wake up, he'd study one paragraph. He didn't zoom through the book. And when I learned that, I was like, wow, here I am pr priding myself, like you're saying, knowledge, information, digesting, digesting, because that's how we tend to move through the world, you know, and I was equating success with just acquiring information and that's not success. And that's not knowledge. Like you're saying the important right. thing is to apply it. And so I commend you for your level of awareness of realizing that and saying, you know what? Yes. I'm not just going to read and zoom through it. And there's books that you can do that. That's why there's novels and there's, you know, like there's other ways of consuming information. But right. if you can take that information, I'd love for you to share a little bit more with us about how you go about with this. So you take a piece of information because we do here at the Napoleon Hill Institute, we do a daily study. We study Napoleon Hill's material, all his books, not just Think and Grow Rich. We've studied all of his different books in community. So I love that you're sharing this about connection because when you're sharing stories, this morning, for example, I was just teaching the daily study group in Spanish. Each day, different coach leads the class. It was so powerful. We were talking about the subconscious mind. So it's such a different feeling of if I would have read that chapter on my own and just zoom through it and be done in 10 minutes. But we focused on literally one page for an hour and everyone was bringing in their own stories of like, this is how I applied. This was my paradigm. This is how I overcame it. This is what I do with my subconscious mind. So I'm very curious to hear from you because I do it here at the Institute because we have a community and we're surrounded in that kind of conversation. But for someone like yourself that hasn't been in that environment, that you came to terms with this, that you have that level of awareness, how are you applying it? Like, are you picking up a book like once a week and just studying a paragraph, a chapter, and then going off and teaching someone? Like, what are your parameters to know that you've embodied that knowledge? And what, what are some tips you can give our listeners? Well, so I think that experience is huge, right? Experience is really 
you know, being able to experience our life and be fulfilled is really how we become who we become, right? Who we are. So books and le learning is a very high value of mine. It's one of my top three values. And I would not say that I study like Bob Proctor a paragraph at a time, but I do go back and I revisit aspects of a book or certain segments that really resonated with me that I felt, you know, I really want to peel back the onion on this and, and do something with this knowledge. So for instance, since we're talking about Napoleon Hill, you know, he, there's a quote in the book that I actually had, you know, this was on my bookshelf with the uh, bookmark right in this place. And I do want to share too, that I'm coming off of a Dr. Trivedi creation seminar, which is fabulous. The doctor I was talking about, and he talks a lot about this concept from a neuroscience perspective, but the concept the quote here is every adversity, every failure and every heartache carries with it the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. And from a neuroscience perspective, you know, when we're shooting only for fantasy goals, and this is Dr. I want to give credit where credit's due, you know, he talks about when we're shooting for fantasy goals, like, okay, maybe this year I made $10,000, but next year I'm going to make a million. I know I can do it. I'm motivated to do it. Right. And you're just shooting for the moon, so to speak, but not looking at the opposite side of the coin, right? With every positive, there is a negative. And with every negative, there is a positive. Every time we create something, one thing, we're destroying something else and vice versa, right? So that principle was something that I always have gone back to just to look at my own awareness about something, which has helped me manage my emotions. I'm a very emotional person. I was an actress and a singer for many years. Like the arts are nothing without emotion, right? That's what the arts come from is the human experience. But in business, you know, if we don't manage our emotions, we cannot succeed. There's no way you can succeed if your emotions are holding power over you and driving your decisions, driving your choices, driving your actions and thoughts. So that particular quote has been very valuable to me over the years in terms of when I'm going down a rabbit hole of negativity or, you know, feeling just not myself off kilter or maybe even depressed at times, right? I get to look at the opposite side of it, not just what's the good in it, but how does this really serve me to have had this experience? How does this really serve me? And let me work with peeling back the onion on that. What are, you know, many ways that this thing has served me that I'm really not thinking about so that I can get back to a level of homeostasis where my emotions are not in control, but where I have the power over my choices given the experience. That is so beautifully said. And that's one of my favorite quotes in the book. And I remind myself constantly, Noreen, I love how you use it. And I see, because I've known you for years now, that I think your capacity of problem solving and your attitude and optimism, I could say, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it goes back to this, to being able to apply 
that particular, and it's just a line. It's not even like a whole chapter about it. You know, like you can tie other things. You can tie the chapter about positive mental attitude. You can tap, tie in having faith, you know, when you're in the middle of adversity, but you just took one line and applied that knowledge. That's huge. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking of it. That is <laughs> wow. pretty amazing. No, but this is how we learn. This is how we grow. And, you know, it's interesting, Tanya, because to me, you know, so obviously all of the business mechanisms, the strategy, the marketing, the sales, like that's all important. But at the end of the day, the heart being an entrepreneur, a heart of being a creator uh, or a creative is your own leadership and your own mindset about it, right? That is like without that pillar and that foundation. So leadership is big for me. I, I, I have studied a lot of leadership. I teach a lot of leadership and mindset actually is part of leadership principles are oftentimes it, it's the bigger umbrella that incorporates mindset principles. And, you know, without those pillars or foundation, I don't care what strategy or marketing tactic you use, it doesn't work. And so for me, my passion and my work is putting it all together with entrepreneurs, right? And also I'm doing more work with corporate these days too. So, you know, putting all those pieces together in terms of integrity and wholeness is critical to anything really working and thriving. At least that's my belief. Beautifully said. We're going to take a moment for a pause for some shares and we'll come right back. If you've been enjoying this series of Think and Grow Rich on the podcast, I invite you to go to the show notes and download a free copy of the Think and Grow Rich book. You can keep it for yourself. You can dive deeper into the material and you can start studying and learning what we've been talking about here. You see that other people have succeeded with these principles. So if you'd like to make a shift in your life, if you'd like to take your money and come to the next level, make sure to book a call with me. If you're wanting things to change in your life, it all starts by making a decision and taking action. So just book your call by clicking on the link in the show notes. I look forward to supporting you in your journey. Let's talk, Noreen, about emotions mixed in with imagination, because you were just mentioning before that our emotions, you know, that you're a very emotional person. And I think, you know, someone that's in the arts, someone that's creative, that's connected with that side. How do you use that to your advantage? The emotion, like being able to manage your emotions and fusing it with imagination, because that's a big chapter that Napoleon Hill talks about, you know, auto-suggestion and just yeah. fusing it with that. Can you share with us a little bit? Give us some of yeah. your secrets. Well, very basically the uh, imagination and emotions allow us somatically to experience our desires, our beliefs, our Right. And what it helps us do is stay out of our head. Right. Thinking is important. Right. But thinking without integrating your thoughts into how you're feeling or into your body, you know, becomes just logic or becomes just rationale. And that's logic and rationale are great. But when we're operating just from that place, we're not really bringing our heart and soul into things. And I believe that the heart and soul combined with, you know, educated thinking or critical thinking 
is important to make any kind of progress in life. So although I say we don't want our emotions to manage us, we want to experience emotions. We want to imagine. We want to hold in our mind's eye what we want, a vision of it or a sense of it even. I find women really struggle with a clear vision, but even just a sense of the direction they want to go is a vision, right? And to hold that and embrace that, embody that, feel it in your bones is when you are going to have the power to create and just not let the emotions take over your conscious choice, right? So I don't know if that makes sense. It's all important, but I never make a major decision or choice when I'm highly emotional because I'm not fully integrated, right? I wanna be fully integrated with my emotions and my thoughts and my critical thinking. It's from a higher, from a perspective of higher consciousness, not from a perspective of I need to, I have to, I should. I'm like so beyond that. It's I choose to, right? I love to, right? I come from my higher consciousness. And in order to come from that, I have to understand how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking and putting it all together. Absolutely. Yes. And so speaking of logic versus, you know, the more creative side or left brain versus right brain, how do you fuse both? And what, cause you were mentioning like women, you know, sometimes lack the clarity, but on the flip side, I also know that women, we can be more connected with our intuition, with our creativity, with our imagination, not necessarily, I don't think it's a gender thing, but women do have more of that because of the way biologically we've been created, you know, and we are creators, we bring life into the world. I'd be curious to hear a little bit about how you fuse both of the sides. Cause it seems to me, Noreen, that you are kind of like a 50, 50, which is not easy to find. I feel like I'm in that space too. Like I'm not fully like 95% creative mind. I'd say that's my husband and I'm not a hundred percent either or 90% just logic. And, you know, I kind of mix both of them. So I'd like to hear your perspective on fusing both sides of the logic plus the imagination side of it. In any particular context or? Yes. Or even like if you have some examples of how you balance that out. Okay. So the way it becomes balanced or integrated, as I like to say, is I always start from the inner place, right? I don't start from the external. And in my work with people, with business owners and leaders, we delve into, you know, core values. We delve into purpose. We delve into desire. We, you know, it's always the heart that is driving any of the business actions that we then end up aligning with it. Because if we're not connected with those values from an internal perspective, sure, we might be successful if we're just operating externally, but at some point that's going to break because you're not truly aligned with what you're doing. So to me, actions come from alignment with our inner landscape. So that's, you know, in a nutshell, how I really integrate it because I never start with a new client. Just, you know, obviously I I do a spectrum of everything from coaching to mentoring, which is teaching to consulting. And depending on the situation determines what is the really the best approach, like what they're really looking for. 
so on the coaching end of things, right, that person is talking to me about the inner world, right? What I get them to talk to me about the inner world so that we can determine really where we're going, right? Because I don't want to just blindly help somebody and say, oh, I have all the answers for you. Usually people have their own answers if they're willing to look at it. Lack of clarity truly often comes from fear, fear of something. So when they can talk and be enlightened in their own way and use their own intuition and their own inner guidance, you know, there have been times when people said, you know, what I thought I was coming to you for is like completely different than what I actually want to work with you on, right? Because of that work. So it starts with the inner landscape, our inner guidance mechanism, and then we move it into, okay, what do we want to do with this? Do you want to, you know, create a business or do you want to keep building your business? Do you want to be a philanthropist? Do you want to just be a speaker? Like, what is it that's really in your heart to do? And then we get them on the path that's truly aligned with what they want. That's great. And what it sounds like to me is that you're very connected with your intuitive side, you know, of just knowing, allowing them, holding space for them to emerge from that connection inside. And you are feeling intuitively, yeah, let's go take them in this direction, you know, or let's take them in this other direction. So talk to me a little bit about intuition. You know, because it seems like you're very connected with that. Well, so I haven't often, I haven't always put attention on my intuition. You know, I've learned over time to trust myself, right? Because for a huge part of my life, it was about proving that I could be who was choosing to be and doing. I'm like the queen of doing, right? the queen. And what I've done is convert that, not that I still do a lot, but I do it from a place of who do I choose to be? It's that person that's stepping forward to take the actions that are really going to serve me. You know, I feel that, you know, I believe I'm going to live into my hundreds and we never know, right? People would say, I do too. I'm there with you, Noreen. People say to me, why would you? Like, I don't, It's like, I don't really even want to spend my time talking if you're really interested, but they just want to challenge me. So I feel like, you know, I mean, certainly I'm not 35 years old, right? But I feel that my personal growth, my personal contributions are my legacy, really. And so I don't even, I'm sorry, Tanya, I've strayed. I'm not sure that I remember your exact question and I'm not sure. I was going back to intuition, but I love hearing all this, you know, like how do you connect with your intuition? Because- it seems like it comes naturally to you as you were saying how you would guide a, a client, whether you would choose doing some coaching or mentoring or, or consulting with them because you are tapping into something intuitive inside you. It's not like you're mechanical and, or logic, you know, of just like, okay, the client came first thing we do is we coach, then we mentor. Right. It seemed to me like you're listening to something inside of you. And so that's where I was going with that of like, how do you connect with that? Yeah. And more importantly, I really want to support people in getting connected with themselves, right? Coming from that place, because that's our true place where we can define, you know, is it our inner critic that's talking to us or is it really our inner mentor, our spirit guide, whatever you, you refer to it as, who's really talking to me in this moment. So 
I have learned to trust myself as time has gone on, which has allowed me to really listen to what's going on. And sometimes it's not always clear, but I know that there's probably a fear or some guilt or shame or resentment or something's going on that I'm always looking to clear on some level so that, you know, I have my revelation. So I don't know if that makes sense. Intuition's important. I wouldn't say, I, I guess I don't necessarily call it that. I just look at, you know, what's really going on in my inner life and how do I align that with my outer life? I love that. What about visualization? Because I know that you are a very creative being and you do exercise visualization, which is part of like auto-suggestion and imagination, you know, in these chapters. How do you perform visualization? Do you carve out time throughout the day and visualize do you act like a little kid and get all giddy about things? Like what are your tricks and tips about visualization? Yeah. So I kind of do all of it, but I actually have a brilliant, what I call my brilliant manifesto, which is how I see the world. It's my vision of the world. And I created that in the last few years. And I actually look at that manifesto every single day just to stay connected with my vision of the world. And then I also at night before I go to sleep, right before, you know, in that hip, I think it's called the hip state. It's in that state right before you fall asleep that you can actually take your, the images of your mind into a deeper place. So I do have a vision board but I don't just contemplate a vision board. I have a vision board that I imagine, but then I do something like I take action. I'm not one of these law of attraction people that believe that you just the energy alone will. Energy is huge. Energy is important. And we do attract based on our vibration. But I, you know, I don't believe that we can just sit in a corner and imagine and do nothing with it. At least that's not been my experience. So I'm very curious about this manifesto. I love that you wrote your manifesto of your vision uh, of the world. Like, can you share a little bit or is it a private thing? I'd love to hear a couple things that you might have in there to just give us well, some ideas. I want to yeah. do one too. Okay. So let me pull it up. I mean, it's very long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing because you'll be... No, but maybe a gist, you know, or just like a little summary or something of what you, what sparked you to create well, this? Because I love to write. And so it was really writing from my heart. And okay, so here's, it starts out with, I see a world manifesto is what I call it. I see a world filled with love for ourselves and each other. I see a world where we as women take a stand for what we want, what we love, what, what we believe in and dare forward. I see a world where we dare to dream, embody our dream and live our dream. I see a world where we are seen, our voices heard. We stand with conviction for all that we treasure and hold true and dear. I see a world where we rise up and step out with our gifts, genius, skills, passions, and talent. I see a world where we leave the destruction, debris, and dust of our despair, disillusionment, self-doubt, and dire fear behind and take hold of who we are and proclaim who we wish to become. 
I see a world where we command our worth simply because we're awesome human beings, where our worth is not predicated on what we achieve or do, but simply because we are valuable as we are. And it, it goes on from there. So. Wow. I'm like, I get a little teary with it, Noreen. I think that's amazing. And I am going to borrow your inspiration. You know, what I love about it is that you start each sentence with, I see a world. That's like the basis of visualization. You know, it's like whether you're seeing a world with your eyes closed and you, you're seeing it with your third eye or whether you're writing it and saying, I see a world, because that's also connecting you with that vision. Right. Or whether you're speaking it out loud. And to me, you're fusing all those emotions and all those senses. That is huge. What a gift you just gave us with that. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. So actually, in my year long mastermind group, I've, you know, actually taught um, this process. And I'm actually, I thought of, you know, Tanya, I'm not a low ticket offer person, or at least not yet, but I've actually thought about taking my concepts of personal branding, which is, you know, this is part of it and putting it into a low ticket offer that, you know, anybody can access for their own ability to see the world that they want to see. So it's interesting. That's valuable feedback for me. So thank you. You're welcome. I mean, that's when we share and when we talk, you just never know what's going to emerge from it. I thought that was beautiful. And yes, I'd encourage you to get it to as many people as you can, you know, if it's going to be at a, at a lower price point, that's maybe more affordable for the masses, you know, and that's a way to get to know you. Another thing. Starting point. I don't want to also overwhelm people because some people may say, well, I'm not so clear on all this, but even if it's like mine is several pages long and it goes into a lot more detail, but just a starting point, because once again, if we're working from the inside out, this is part of our inner world, right? That's part of our inner world. That's the starting point. Absolutely. We're going to take another pause here, but I want to go back to after this pause about this idea of the manifesto, seeing the world and rituals that you create. If you've been enjoying this series of Think and Grow Rich on the podcast, I invite you to go to the show notes and download a free copy of the Think and Grow Rich book. You can keep it for yourself. You can dive deeper into the material and you can start studying and learning what we've been talking about here. You see that other people have succeeded with these principles. So if you'd like to make a shift in your life, if you'd like to take your money and come to the next level, make sure to book a call with me. If you're wanting things to change in your life, it all starts by making a decision and taking action. So just book your call by clicking on the link in the show notes. I look forward to supporting you in your journey. So we were just talking about this manifesto that you've written and how you started reading it to us with, I see the world, which I thought was beautiful. What are some other rituals that you do throughout your day, Noreen? You know, like, do you read that first thing in the morning, your manifesto? Do you writing? You said you were a writer. I love journaling. So I'm curious to what kind of practices do you have in place to set yourself, your day up for success? So, you know, it used to be far more complicated, but then I realized it was hard to keep complicated rituals going. So I'm very selective with my rituals. So I actually have 
a personal ritual in the morning, which is it always starts with journaling and it's, you know, like the morning pages, just what, cause I wake up with a head full of thinking about everything. So that's a way to clear my mind. It's not structured or meant to be a book or anything like that. It's just getting all everything that I wake up with out of my brain and to clear that space. And then ideas come from that. So I oftentimes write ideas. I'm very grateful. I write you know, gratitude's been over talked about, if you will, but it is huge, right? In terms of keeping ourselves in, for lack of a better word, in balance emotionally. And so the journaling is, and then oftentimes that evolves to writing because I do love to write. So I create, I write every single day to create content, whether it's for LinkedIn or, you know, uh, ideas I've had for writing a book. So a lot of that practice is writing and moving my body. Those are the two things that I do every single morning. I wake up, I live in the city, I spend time doing my morning pages, then I'll go outside for a walk and come back and then I might do some more writing. So that's sort of my personal ritual. It's really just those two things. I have a workday startup ritual, which is when I read my manifesto because that sets the stage for my day. And then I identify what are like the three things that, the one thing that I'm definitely going to focus on to complete that day, no more than three things if they're smaller things. But I start with one thing at a time and I usually focus, I'm somebody that likes to focus on the most challenging thing first. I don't need small wins to get me going. I want to tackle the big, you know, the big gorilla in the room. Or the big frog, like wasn't that (laughs) Brian Tracy eat the big frog first or something like that, like the most challenging? Yeah. I'm trying to teach that to my daughter now because it's just pulling hair with trying to get her to do homework, like, you know, two pages a day. That's all you need, you know, or do your reading versus because they just give them at school a homework packet for the month. And I just don't think they're ready. Like their executive functioning part of the brain at this age is not ready. So we have to kind of guide her and she still, you know, keeps procrastinating and doesn't want to do it. So I love that you're sharing that, Noreen. It's just such a reminder of like, tackle the hardest thing. I also, what I got out of it is don't have a to-do list that's like 50 million things on it every day. Just write three things, one at a time, do the hardest one first so that then you feel relieved and you're not beating yourself up. So thank you for sharing that. And these rituals, so you have the morning one, you have the working one. Do you have an evening one too that you were mentioning before, you know, like right before you go to bed, like trying to visualize or imagining? Yeah, the visualization is one. I am integrating some things now. Oh, so the other rituals that I have, when I take on activities in my work, like LinkedIn, I post every day. And I also started doing Instagram lives every morning where I'm putting on my makeup, like getting ready with me Q&As that I don't keep on my Instagram. It's like if people want to show up, (coughs) I'm just, it's when I'm getting ready and I answer questions for people around business or things that I feel I'm competent to answer or connect them with other people. So that's been a lot of fun because I did that. I wanted to really get over this hurdle of being like not good on camera. 
Right. And it's like the only way visible. Yeah. The only way to do it is to just do it. So I started doing that and it's, it's actually a lot of fun now. So those, I would call those rituals now, but the evening I am the only things I'm incorporating to my evening, which I've done sporadically, but not really as original ritual, just in all honesty is I love dancing and I love singing. And I just haven't been honoring that about myself. And so I'm getting back to that. Like, like, now this week my son is an incredible musician and to see what he has created once he made talk about decisions like what napoleon hill talks about with decisions once he turned that switch on he was musical his whole life and my husband and i knew his whole life that this kid's got we never said anything to him because I don't believe in the kids got to direct themselves. I don't believe in telling kids you should be a doctor or you should be a lawyer. He'd be a great lawyer, but we never said that to him. But his music, his whole life, that is when we would look at each other, my husband and I, and like be in tears because he's so good and his heart, he loves it so much. And we said he doesn't see that for himself. You know, we just hoped that at some point he would see it. And it actually took COVID. It took a trip to Japan pre-COVID and then having to give up his life in New York as he was trying to move back to Japan to come back to Philadelphia where the light switch went on. And he said, I'm going for it. And what he's created in a short period of time is more than most people create in their lives. And how old is he? He's 28. He's got us, he's on all the streaming platforms spot. I'm going to put a promo in front. Luca Diadal is his name, D-I-A-D-U-L. He's on Spotify. He It's all original music. He's got a, he's a vocalist more than anything. And he performs all over. He performed in the Sahara Desert with Moroccan musicians who were playing his music. And he is creating an artist, a community of artists for artists where he does showcases in our home and he highlights different artists. So he's very, very involved. And yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And what I love about the story, Noreen, is my takeaway as a mom of a young girl, you know, is being able to honor and not tell your child what you think they should be doing and just listen to their guidance. And like you said, you know, like you listened patiently like hopefully he'll tune into that, you know, and he'll circle back to it, you know, even if he tries other things or does other things in his life. And even though it took him 28 years to come back to something that you already saw from the beginning is such a beautiful story for any parent listening, for myself included, you know, I see with my daughter, she's had this passion with animals since she was five, she became vegetarian, she went vegan for a couple of years, or a year, and then she came back to vegetarian, but she will not touch meat or fish again, because she wants to honor the animals lives, you know, and whether you agree with this or not, but she's a big animals advocate. And her big dream that she's had since she was seven, and we'll see if this manifests, maybe she'll listen to this when she's 28, is that she wants to have an animal sanctuary. And I just, I see it. I see it or her, you know, like going down that path, but she's explored other things. You know, she's super talented with 
sewing, for example, and it pains my heart that she doesn't want to go back to the sewing machine, you know, but she's always making outfits and her creativity is also out of this world. But see, mm. here's the moms talking about this, but I don't want to deviate, but I think it's an important pause because there's lessons here for all of us to learn of what Noreen just shared, you know, of how you've witnessed your son, you held a space and you didn't direct him in any other place. You allowed for him to arrive there. You know, mm -hmm. if that was what his path was meant to be. And it sounds like it is. Yeah. We have no I, right to crush other people's dreams. To yeah. What they should do. And I think that's why there's a lot of mental, you know, illness. Yeah. I've met a lot of young people who are like, wow, you know, if I had just had the conviction to go my own way. And I'm like, you can. Like, it doesn't matter how old you are, you still can do what you want. But it was, pleasing parents or pleasing their religious institutions or whatever it is, the peer pressure, right? Feeling yeah. that your friends are all going to college and you have to go to college, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's all the programming and that's why we do. And we're putting this kind of work out into the world. You're doing it in your way. I'm doing it in my way, you know, like however we can so that it can reach the masses and just know that, you know, listen to a podcast, listen to, you know, watch a YouTube video or listen to Noreen on LinkedIn and, or when you're putting your makeup on Instagram, I love that. I love that, that you're doing that and that you're opening it up for people to have Q and a, you know, just be in this type of conversation, connect with these type of books. You know, if this is the first time that you've heard about Think and Grow Rich, go get yourself uh, a copy. I have a free copy as a PDF. It's not the hardcover like we like, Noreen, but it's still a PDF that you can start with, you know, and read on your phone, read on the computer. This has been fabulous. I could keep on going, you know, with you, Noreen, for hours of just asking you more and more questions about your rituals and all these different things and how you've uh, landed in this place of success and coaching and mentoring and helping other people, you know, entrepreneurs and your son, you know, it doesn't have to just be entrepreneurs. Where can people find you, Noreen? Like what would be the best place if they want to enter your world and your community? So I have a free gift. If you type in curating, C-U-R-A-T-I-N-G wealth.com, that's a way that's something that talks about principles of more financial wealth than anything in that, but that's a good place to go. And then my website, noreenhoward.com. And we'll have that in the show notes in case you're listening and walking or you're not anywhere near a computer right now, just your phone. This has been fabulous. I, I have one more question that I like asking my guests as we wrap up. What's one thing that our listeners can do to live a life with more courage? Yeah, that's a packed question, Tanya. Um, to live a life with more courage is to, to declare something for yourself and take a step in that direction. Just take one step. Don't just sit on it. it. Don't try to figure it out do something with it. It was packed, but you synthesized it to one phrase, take action, do something. I love it, Noreen. That was great. 
But Tanya, I love you. Thank you very much. You know, this is always enjoyable with you because you're such an incredible soul. And, you know, I want to make sure that we stay connected. Thank you for this and for all the wonderment that you're bringing to the world through your podcast and your work and your creativity and everything else. You're, you're an incredible human being and I'm honored to call you my friend. Oh, it goes diddle. I can't even repeat all the words, Noreen. Thank you so much. I'll take it with a lot of gratitude and reflect it back to you because it just birds of the same feather flock together, right? You know, we're <laughs> both on the same vibe. So thank you so much for your time and for being here, Noreen. I appreciate you. Thank you, Tanya. Take care. I am so grateful that you joined me today. If you enjoyed it, there's one thing I'd like you to do. Click on the follow button so you don't miss a single episode. Leave me a rating and a review and please share. As my way to thank you, email us a screen grab of your review at the email in the show notes and we will send you a free crafting your future guided visualization, which is so simple to do with outstanding results. It will empower you and give you the confidence to attract and create the life you've always desired. See you in our next episode.